Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In this episode, it's an interview. I have an interview for you. And you know, I thought when I met this person initially that we were not going to get along. We were not going to get along, but here she is. She was awesome enough to come on the podcast. And I didn't think we were going to get along because of religion. Like I'm, I've had my experiences with it and it just not, it's just not for me. It seemed that I ran into a lot of hypocrisy and judgment and all these things that made me just very lonely. So that was one of the things I dismissed, but it's different for this person. It's different. And, you know, also I talk a lot about impact rather than intention. And wow, this person is all about intention. That's their whole mantra. I definitely learned something great from our conversation, and I hope you get something out of it too. Are you ready? Let's go. So right now I have a guest here that I'm really excited for you to listen to. Tell us who you are, who you are, and what you do. Awesome. Hi, Lee. Hi, everyone. I am Karina Koltai, and I am a holistic wellness coach, and I focus on teaching people how to set intentions so that it can be easier and quicker and more effective to create the life that you most desire. I have found that when you set intentions for everything that you do, it happens. (laughs) And so you just have to get really clear about what is most important to you and, and the life that you want to create and do that each and every day. And then even setting intentions for each and every moment and each and every, so for example, this, you know, it's like, what are the possibilities of this podcast? What are are the possibilities of, um, of everything that we do? Yeah, definitely. So essentially it seems it's like goal setting, like, uh, just moment to moment, Goal setting, saying, you know, I'm going to accomplish this thing. I'm going to do this. So that's a good, it's a good way to say it. Like if, if in my book on the cover, it says intention and the definition of intention is one is the goal, purpose, or aim. Two is healing process of a wound. And I really like to have both of those on there because it, to me, it's, it's seeing the end before you get started. So I set goals all the time of, okay, I'm going to plant my garden today. In planting my garden today, my intention for that is to have healthy plants that will feed my family, right? So you see the different, like it's not just Mm -hmm. the action that I'm looking at, it's what do I want to come from that? So as I set goals, as I take actions, I set intentions for that 
action, what the outcome that I want to see. All right. So that makes sense to me. I mean, uh, thanks for clarifying, you know, the difference between the two, because like a goal, it definitely can set that, say, I've got a goal and I'm going to set it. And there it is. Like you just explained, I'm going to create a podcast, but uh, my intention with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible. So this is just a, a vehicle to reach as many people as possible to inspire them in some way. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. And there's a huge difference, it seems, between There the is a huge difference, yes. Because it is, it's like when you say, I'm going to have a podcast, and and then your goal is to reach as many people as possible so that they can um, connect and have a community and have, have those possibilities, yeah. right, in relationships. Right, right. Yeah. And so, you know, I can really see the ending. I can really see the ending to it. I can see what and it, it, it kind of it kind of uh, lends itself towards the why. Why is why are you doing what you do? Why are you setting this goal? And then you're like, well, yeah, to do X, Y, Z, to make sure I can feed my family with these nice crops. Um, it, it's really, really powerful and impactful. It makes a difference in, I think it makes a difference in motivation. I think it makes a difference in motivation. I think it makes a difference in clarity that, okay, so for example, if we want to have a relationship, right? So I desire to find a, a healthy partner and but my intention and my intention is to find a healthy partner that is not only healthy physically, but healthy mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially. So I get really specific in my intentions for that relationship. And so I, it, the more specific that we get um, it provides clarity. And the clearer that we are, you know, we're always creating our reality. Whether we do it intentionally mm -hmm. or not is up to us. It's like, oh, or am I just allowing whatever to happen to happen and allowing my mind mm -hmm. to think what it wants to think, right? Think about the past, think about the future and 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 it be in control or Am I going to set my intentions, set what I would like to see happen to happen? Yeah. And, you know, it's really important to be able to uh, set your, well, know what you want, actually. So get more specific on what it is, because there have been many times, I'm sure many other people can relate to saying, I'm going to find a healthy partner. I'm going to find somebody that, that's right for me. And you run into somebody, you think they're right from you, but you you get exactly what you, you know, kind of kind of put out there. So in my case, I was looking for someone. So I had these relationships where I'd get in them and I'm like, oh, we're always fighting. Ugh. Then you get out of the relationship and I say, well, I know I don't want X, Y, Z. And then I go find someone who doesn't have X, Y, Z and we're still fighting. And I'm like, well, well I did get what I want. But there's no real clarity about exactly how my relationship is going to look. What does a good partner look like? I mean, what does a partner do to make me feel fulfilled or, or happy or supported? And I should be able to know exactly what those things look like. 
So then I can set my intentions on looking at people and saying, hey, I see that you do the thing that kind of supports me. I like that you do that. I'm going to keep you around instead of just kind of letting anybody come into my life and think, well, I kind of think you support me. Right. And and so along with supporting and and I think that a lot of times we set out, oh, I want to be in a relationship. I would like to have a partner. I want to find love, you know, and we have those feelings and that <laughs> that the falling in love feeling is wonderful. And a lot of times it may look different. Um like I, I, it's like the patterns of possibility, right? That this is exactly what you talk about mm-hmm. in relationships, those patterns. And that sometimes when we're thinking about what we don't want, right? We don't want to have what our relationship looked like before, right? And so then right. we find mm-hmm. someone that looks different, Um that has a different job. There's a, there's so many things that look different. And if we have not Mm -hmm. dealt with our own patterns, it, the same thing will happen again. It's not about who, you know, it's, it's, it's not about who we're with. It's about if we're dealing with our own patterns within ourselves as to what we're going to attract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so Basically, what I got here is that um, the people who are contestants on The Bachelor, they really don't have any hope. <laughs> so I just came out of nowhere with that. Like, I mean, it's been how many seasons? And no, no one's, I don't think they're, they're together. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it just seems like it's a pattern to me. Uh, <laughs> so then we have... We have established that and we have established like there needs to be some introspection before we set intentions. That's what I think it sounds that like. it, yes, I think there should be an introspection. And like you said, there's clarity on what it is that we want. And that's one of the first things that I ask my clients is what is most important in your life? And, and it's amazing that most of of the people that I ask don't know the answer to that yet. Oh yeah. And whether they're 20 or 75 and, and so asking that question, what is most important in your life so that you can create the life that you most desire. If we don't know what that looks like, then how are we going to create that? Exactly. It's like we're just kind of wandering around looking for something. Like I know, I'll know, I'll, I know, I'll see it, and I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds like when I when I get to it. And it's like, well, and ooh. how are you going to get there <laughs> if you don't have a? If you don't, it's and it's not even to me a plan. It's it's just a vision of it, we create our lives. We create by our thoughts, our words, our actions, right? But it's in, and it starts with those thoughts. And so if we're not thinking about what it is that we want and we're just, you know, I, I 
I say this, it's we are manifesting constantly. We have manifested our whole lives. And is are you manifesting what it is that you truly want? It's It reminds me of the secret. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, a lot of people know about the secret, manifesting and intention. Like, is that something that inspired you in this journey? No, it didn't. That, I mean, I'm familiar with it and, and you know, the power of positive thinking. So that has inspired me along the journey is knowing that your thoughts um, are are important there. There's so many books. What inspired me along this journey and with this book was... Um, a client of mine who actually wrote the book with me, it, my intention book. And I, yeah, I don't even remember the moment that like what brought up setting intentions, but we just started setting intentions for each of her appointments. And so when she would go to um, say, for example, there, there's a brain um, therapy called, it, it's here in Nashville, it's called Harmonized Brain Centers, and they have low energy neurofeedback stimulation. And what it does is it helps to reset your brain. It, it helps to shift your neural pathways. Like, you know how we have, it's like a record player and you get the grooves of the thought patterns and it's, and it's challenging to shift your thought patterns, Mm -hmm. the lens helps to shift it quickly with low energy radio waves. We would set intentions to then create new thoughts. And, And so for her, she was able to shift out of chronic pain with that and then had to create new Right. So it's kind of I I just came up with this yesterday. It's like going to the chiropractor and you know how when the chiropractor gets you in alignment Mm -hmm. and if you go back to sitting the same way in the chair or doing work the same way or getting into your car and slouching down that you're going to get out of alignment again and you'll have to go back to the chiropractor more quickly. Right. Right. And But if you start working on your posture and being intentional, right, about how you hold your body mm-hmm. and how you see your body, then your, your alignment, your adjustment will hold more. And so it's that same kind of thing. Right. And so that's how the intention movement started was with a client and seeing how when she set intentions for that doctor's appointment, for the phone call, even to find the next step along her journey, that it made a difference mm-hmm. and that she saw the results when when she saw the the outcome already, then she would get that outcome. And and so her health dramatically improved so quickly and and rapidly because of intentions. And so I saw that and then I saw how someone else that may have the same tools, may be seeing the same practitioners 
that did not believe the intentions, how they didn't have the same outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a stark difference to me that I, I saw that, wow, to encourage people to set their intentions is so important um, that it can really shift. Yeah. So when you talk about that, it made me think of like the placebo effect, essentially. It's like, you have to really be like, you believe that this is going to work for you. So it's going to work for you. If you're mindful about how you, of course, I like this, uh, the, the chiropractor analogy, because if you're mindful about how you're sitting up, then you, well, I, you know, I, I'm slouching right now. You're going to Let's chest out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, it, and mindful of that, just it makes it so much easier. And you eventually you won't have to be mindful of it either. You it will just your body will like you don't have to think about slouching. It becomes a habit, and yeah. and it takes time to build a habit. It takes time to change our thoughts. It takes time. It takes time to change our actions, right? And and so sometimes you may not believe yet that I am worthy. You know, you may not necessarily. I and it takes faith. It's it's like if I I'll bring up the 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 gardening again that I am planting this little seed. And how can I know that that seed, that one seed is going to bring me hundreds of green beans and thousands of new seeds? It's the faith, right? Having faith that and and planting the seeds, watering them. And that's part of the book. In this book, I we write, plant a seed of intention water it with gratitude and you can change the world it's mm -hmm. planting that seed watering it with faith and gratitude and and you can change the world yeah definitely gratitude watering with gratitude now i've got to tell you i <laughs> I have woman. So this is all coming from me and my background and my history with uh, the, my patterns and religion. And uh, I hear intention and faith. And I almost, my head almost exploded when you said faith, just because I've just kind of dismissed religion. And that's just one of those things that, that triggers me because of my experiences, right? And so when you say that, you mean... Like you have, do you have faith in it as like, you're going to trust in some other being, like maybe a God of some sort or some other, maybe universe, or are they all the same? What does that mean to have faith? Oh, wow. What a big, wonderful question. So for me personally, I am a Christian. And so I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. And so that faith is you know, from the Bible and, and faith, like a, you know, the size of a mustard seed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I, and it's so interesting and I'm, I'm happy to talk about religion because I 
don't have those triggers because I was raised without religion. I didn't, I wasn't raised going to church and I was born in Japan. My mom, I studied Buddhism for a while. And so I'm coming to um, my faith at an older age and really coming into my own so I don't have the triggers of it. So to me, it doesn't matter whether someone is Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or it, it, anything like pagan. It doesn't, it, that it doesn't matter to me what you call it, um, where it comes from for you that I think just having faith believing really, I mean, faith is believing in something that you don't see. Right. Mm -hmm. And so planting a seed is, and even thoughts, we don't see our thoughts, right? We don't see these right. intentions. We don't see these things. And yet we see that it does create the life that we have, right? And so why yeah. not be more intentional about what it is that we think and say and do to create the life that we want instead of creating we are creating anyways. That's what I mean by manifesting. Like we're, we are manifesting whether it's intentional or not. Right. Right. And so it's not about, like I said, it's not about, uh, well, like you said, it's not about the, the, whatever you call it. It's just about having that belief in whatever it is. So it could be this, it could be that it could be the other. It so, can't, yes. And I, and I do want to explain though, it's interesting because coming from it's, there are the differences in um in like the new age i am right versus from what do you mean okay like it's so most of the intentions that i set are i am you know i am healthy i am in a healthy relationship i am in a healthy loving nourishing relationship that has um, honest communication and nurturing and nourishing my body, mind, and soul. Okay, so it's it okay. it is in the I am's right, and and it's interesting to see and even for me to grow and develop and process this because um, I've had people say, "Oh, the I am's like." that we are, I am, and that it's separate from God or whatever higher power that there is, right? Yes. Whatever you okay. want to call it. And to me, now it is, I am all of these things because God is within me. Does, does that make sense? That I am connected mm -hmm. to all that there is. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one is more like I am autonomous, but one is I am because I am part of a higher power or a higher being. And that we are all one. It's like the universal laws, right? There's the universal laws. And the first one is of oneness. Like we are all one. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that too. I believe in that. I believe we're all connected and that's why 
people who are alone just really have a hard time, you know, because they really need to be around other people and we want to be connected. We, it's just our natural thing. Cause we're, we're like, uh, it's like, I guess having, you know, your body missing an arm, Rebecca, like a better analogy right here, but you want that to be attached. You need it. You need it. And well, you, you don't need it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we do need it. That's why we are people like we need, we need that, right? Because if you think about in jail, that what is the worst punishment that that's there besides, you know, the death sentence, it's solitary confinement. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It is a terrible punishment. I mean, just to be alone. I know what it feels like to be alone and being in a crowd, you know? So yes. it's awful. It's awful. And imagine just having no touch or anything like that. So then I've got to ask you then, uh, well, thanks. Wait, thanks for, for like clearing that up for me. Cause I know I have my own hangups with it. And so I find it fascinating though, that you have chosen to uh, pick up a different belief system. And so did I, we, we both chose something different. That's so interesting. So like, how did that come about for you to like, change it was there something significant in your life that just made a change i've i've always or i can't say that i've always i remember seeking and asking and i've had friends that their parents were pastors and i i, I could because i didn't believe in probably the the i i didn't believe in probably what happened to you with religion. Like I don't, I didn't believe in a, in a hell and damnation. Like if you do this, you're going to go to hell. Or if you are yeah. this, you know, I, I knew that did not resonate with me. And, and, um, and so I would ask questions and I would, and I really would seek that. And then I went and studied Buddhism. The thing that didn't, that really didn't resonate with me, there's a lot that did resonate with me with Buddhism. And that's, that's, you know, do unto others kind of like, if you want something in life, you give it and then mm -hmm. you'll receive it. Like be what it is that you want. And, and so there's so many things that I did like it, but I didn't like feeling like, that you have to go through someone else to get where you want to go. Um, oh. And, and that's, and maybe there mm -hmm. are different teachers, like there is for everything. It's kind of like if you go to a Absolutely. different church, right. And, mm -hmm. and so then the churches that I have found um, like here in my community, it was all about your relationship with God. And it wasn't, I haven't been to a church that was, um, that was a condemning church. It was, I, it's, I've chosen churches that it's about your relationship. And so that's been really important to me. And so I have my relationship with God. And I'm definitely, it, it definitely makes sense too, because, you know, it's like, um, if it, like anything in life, if you work for something, you're going to appreciate it a lot more. And so it's this idea of that well, when I was young, my parents gave me all my beliefs 
And I was like, I grew up and I'm like, eh, I don't like those. And it's like the same for you. And you had the opportunity to say, well, you know what? Heaven and hell, that doesn't really sound right to me. But all this other stuff is great. So you can pick all that stuff up and be like, yeah, I'm going to accept it. And it is your belief now. It's not something that somebody just gave to you and said, here you go. This is how the world works. Right. And I think that everyone does that, right? That that's part of being, becoming, that's why as a, <laughs> so I have five kids and I watch how my kids will, you know, they, it's like, there's a certain time where I don't know anything, right? And mm -hmm. that I don't know anything to them because they are finding what it is that they believe. It's no longer my beliefs. To me, teenagers are kind of like in that, you know, it, wouldn't you talk about terrible twos? And that the two-year-olds, <laughs> all it is, is that they're trying, it's they are wanting to see who they are, right? At two years old, they're they're now able to walk and starting to talk and, and their identity. And so same mm -hmm. thing in teenagers that it's, again, they're finding their identity. And so my, what I've taught them and what I believe is like, you know, they push back on that and so that they can oh, okay. find their identity. And so you may at some time come to a, okay, this, you know, the part that some of what your parents taught was, was legitimate. It's okay. Like I'm gonna, it, I did it too, where it was yeah. like, I didn't, yeah. everything that my parents did was bad and I can't believe how they raised me. And you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, they, they did the best they can with what they had. And I understand my parents did the same things too, as well. And so you know, some of those things that they that they have taught or we've learned when we're younger, it's just something that is like universal. What we were talking about, we are just like kind of comparing Buddhism and uh, and and uh, Christianity here just a moment because there are a couple of things that that resonate with you throughout, like doing something for someone else or be the person you want to see in the world. And I believe those are things that are held widely in different religions and different circles of thought. It's basically like kind of the, the core thing is what we're getting at. And one of the things that is usually instilled in you, like when you're, well, when your parents teach you something, they're like, here you go. This is, this is one thing that you can keep with you and take with you. No matter what your beliefs are in the future, the, the parents will give you something like that. But this is something that you can really learn and you can hang on to. So, your kids may be doing this thing where they're learning something different than new and experiencing the world and thinking, well, this isn't like that anymore. I have my own beliefs and they push back on yours. So I used, like you said, that's natural. So I've never heard it from a parent's side point of view. Like, how is that for you to experience that? Mm, what a great question. Uh, you know, part of me wants to say, oh, it's okay. I understand it. Part, but sometimes it's hurtful. Sometimes it's like, and it, and it makes, it triggers inside of me the enough thing. Have I done enough? Am I enough? Am I mm -hmm. a good enough mom? Right. And, right. and so it does bring that up in me. And, and then I have to process and realize, okay, I, I know I'm doing the 
best that I can with what I have. Like I am truly, I'm a very intentional parent. Um, and it doesn't always work. Does it always, um, is that always the best way? Probably it's, I, I know it's not. I mean, it's, it's like when I got divorced, when I was married, it was very controlling and we all had to be good and we all, um, and I lived in a life of, of wanting everything to be okay and wanting everyone to wanting everyone and everything to be okay. And, yeah, yeah. and so that led to quite a bit of suppression, suppressing what we thought and felt and, and our authenticity. And so then when um, when I got divorced, I, I, it was, it was pretty wide open of, of wanting them to be able to express and, and even going through some of that, the, what I had mentioned before, the low energy neurofeedback stimulation to lift some of that suppression. And then the, a lot came up and out and it was challenging and and so how I did it and in the time that I did it, I it, I hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty. And that I could have supported it in a in a different way. Like I could have done the low energy neurofeedback and then communicated with the counselor and and knew what we were working on so that it would be more supported and kind of slow that process down some. Um so. Right, because, right, because you're, uh, I wanted to be facetious here, like, right, because you're an expert and you've done this many times before. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually not that. It's like you have kids and there is no manual that comes out with them. There's I know, no manual can we like that? You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I really wish that there was a manual on how to raise kids and how to be a parent, how to be an adult even, you know? Yeah, adulting, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's so, it's such a phenomenon that we had to invent a word for the, the shock it is to become an adult. <laughs> it's like, this is an adult thing I have to do. And it, it doesn't always sound like it's a fun thing. But I want to go back and, and look at this uh, this idea with you and your kids. And I was thinking, wow, that my thoughts over here was like, wow, that is pretty amazing for you to adjust to that kind of thing. Like, because you have, you and your family are under this pressure. And I envision um, when you're holding in your emotions like a beach ball underwater, like it's going to come out. And, but when it does, and you hold it down, the longer you hold it down, the bigger the splash and, and all that. So I imagine all of that happened and you were willing to sit there and just kind of drown in the flood or, or be flooded and hear all their feelings, hear all their emotions and take account, be accountable for that stuff. And a lot of parents choose not to do that. And they, they choose to kind of say, well, it was the best I can with what I have it. Yes. Okay. Yes. You did the best you could with what you had, but now I'm bringing you some new information. And so you have something more, you have something better to work with. So let's work with that. And it's like, you did that. So I would, I would think that 
just by looking at this, your overall intention for your, your kiddos would be that they grow up and be healthy, thoughtful adults. We're working on it. Well, because you're open and honest, so you, you, you were absolutely honest about how hurtful it could be to have your, your, dis, your, your thoughts dismissed. I can imagine that too, because um, just having my ideas dismissed, like, oh, I've got a great idea in a group of project or something like that. And they're like, nah, it's dumb. And I'm like, all right, you guys suck. I don't, I don't want to hang out with you ever again. But it's like, they're kids and they're like, well, you're a part of me. What do you mean? You don't like this. What is that? And so it's another level that I will not experience, but I, I can imagine like, wow. And you still want to talk about it. So that's what I find like really impressive. Oh, well, thank you. I, you know, it's, I, it's a constant, I am constantly learning from them. I am, they are my greatest teachers, my greatest mirrors. They teach me all the time. And, and I think, the the part of it that I'm learning to embrace more is that it's not it doesn't have to be what what I think it should be or you know that I I really want just to allow them to be who they are as much as they can be who they are not who they think that I want them to be and so there's quite a bit mm -hmm. of undoing of that because it was, you know, meant like we were married for 20, well, we were together for 24 years. Like it was my now 17 year old was 15. And so that's 15 years of programming that takes some time mm -hmm. to unprogram, which is such an interesting thing because I would love to talk about this a little bit because it, this is what you do and where I thought that once he was out of the picture, that all those programs would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not the case. Like that I saw that those, that some of the roles like that we shifted to take up that energy of that space, that, that programming, that other people would fill those roles. What do you mean by that? Can you elaborate a little bit? So for example, for him, I, I, this is getting personal and deep. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting and a little uncomfortable. And, and so he, I always wanted to keep him happy. And, but that wasn't my job, right? So that's codependency. Yeah. It took me a while to yeah. admit codependency because I'm like, I'm not dependent on him. Like, <laughs> yes and and so it took me a while to to be like oh my gosh this was some codependency and so even that codependency of trying to make sure that and and it and the the being okay right so I was like well that wasn't okay but then I saw that I was still trying to make everything okay with my kids I want them to be okay mm -hmm. right even in that allowing stuff to come up, my, it was still so that they'd be okay. 
right? But then that there's, that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be happy and sad. It's okay to do, someone had said to me that, um, that, so, um, you know, just about mistakes and that, that not wanting them to learn, not wanting them to make mistakes, right? And hey, I can tell you so that you don't make your own mistakes or watch that person so you don't make your own mistakes, but that's not life, right? That's part of how we learn. And and so allowing all of those things and and does that Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have to say kudos to you, first of all, for saying, you know, you're uncomfortable and and still sharing anyway. I always appreciate that because that's a thing I do. I say, I say my feelings if I'm stuck and and all that. And it shows like you are really in tune to your emotions and, and who you are and what you're feeling and you can express it, which is, which always makes me feel safe. You know, uh, it sounds like you still wanted to be a bit in control of the situation with like, I want everybody to be okay because you want everybody to be okay. And then so you learn, you learn in this process that being okay looks like something other than what I thought. Right. And being okay is not being authentic. And that's that it is okay to feel all the, the emotions. Like it's, I, I wanted to you know, you and I have talked about toxic happiness, right? Yeah. That was like yeah. when you said toxic happiness, it's like, oh my gosh, that blew my mind. And so let's can we talk about that for a second? What does toxic uh, happiness sure. look like? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. You want me to say it? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, toxic happiness is sounds like the thing that, you know, I was trying to do as well. Just make everything be positive in a positive light see everything as one dimension emotion i'm just happy about everything a person that i cared for they died well i'm happy that they were alive in the first place well sure you can be happy about that but also you do have a deep underlying feeling actually that should come right to the surface of sorrow and sadness and it's dealing with that not dealing with it pushing it down like that beach ball then you'll find it come out in different ways. You'll find that you're ill-equipped to do, you know, anything, essentially. Um, like, really make connections with people, like you said, being authentic. Yeah, that was a perfect, like, it totally brought me in because my mom passed away about a year ago. And and it was that toxic happiness of, you know, I had to see everything so positively. And, oh, you know, it was she wanted to, you know, she, my mom was ready to go. She was so ready to go. She, it was really a beautiful experience. It was a perfect death, I guess, if you want to call it that. Like, and I was able okay. to see, like, it, she was so beautiful and peaceful and, and she chose the way she wanted to go. And it was incredible. And so I saw all, and, and I truly do believe all of those things, but it was kind of that of toxic, like every, like, trying to make it also good and mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be and it took a while for me to it took a series of kind of things and I think that's what God does is it's like okay for me to finally grieve that 
and grieve my marriage, you know, and, and, yeah. And grieve so many different things that all kind of came, but it was, um, it was that toxic happiness of trying to, to make everything okay and be okay and be happy and be supportive and be blah, 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 all of these things mm-hmm. instead of being authentic, being me, being happy and sad and angry and glad, you know, all of those things that, that they are. It's it, why do we look at it like that one is good and one's bad? I know that because there are those words for them, but if we can look at them all with curiosity, if we can look at them all with gratitude, if we can look at them all and just say that they are. um, Yeah. Then we wouldn't, I think we would be more likely to try things and, and to learn more about ourselves if we start discovering our own things. That's the whole process is looking for things, being um, curious, like you said, curious about what's here. What am I going to find? What inside? What are my feelings? What was so distressing? (laughs) Distressing. I don't know if that's a good word. Yeah. Maybe distressing to look at at the sadness that is there. Because I remember doing everything I could not to look at whatever was sad. I don't know what was causing it. I know I was feeling it. So I was feeling it a whole lot, but I, don't, I didn't know what was causing it. I was more curious about it. I could appreciate it. And it, it didn't It didn't adversely affect me. It kind of energized me to be curious about what's going on there. And so, you know, uh, with your relationship and any relationship, of course, you feel sad when you, I'm looking back at, you know, your divorce and your mother passing and like... If sadness, you miss them, even though it wasn't always fantastic, it was a connection that you had. And that's all we all want to do is be connected and understood. You know, isn't it interesting sometimes? So in my marriage, and even my kids have talked about this too, that it's sometimes we grieve the story of what we had wanted more so than the reality of it. Does that make sense? We're going to put that on a t-shirt. We're putting it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, I think that goes on a t-shirt along with <laughs> set your intentions. So your story matches or something like that, you know? Set your <laughs> make your story intentional or something like that. I think definitely that is right on the money. I'm like... I have so many relationships where I'm like, man, if we could have just did X, Y, and Z, we could have everything. And you know, I'm a. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you just weren't the person you were, <laughs> we would have had a beautiful relationship and we'd still be together. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> if it was so, that story, then it would have been perfect. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're right back at The Bachelor again. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> it just doesn't work there. Um, so they think they want. So uh, I really, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, I like this idea of gratitude. You talked about gratitude, and I hear I've heard the theme come up several times in like gratitude and curiosity. It comes up when you're talking about uh, what you've learned from your marriage. You're grateful from that and your kids and your own experiences, you look into them. 
And you you seem to be very observant because you picked up some inspiration for intentionality from uh, watching another person and their experiences and just kind of taking it in. So I wanted to say, when I first met you, though, because we talked about intention so much that I was like, oh, boy, intention, you know, because I have this thing about intention and impact. And I'm always like, ah, always people focusing on attention, intention. That's you have to focus on the impact. So I thought for sure we were going to have some kind of interesting argument or, or something, but we ended up having a nice discussion about it. And so what I've discovered is that intention is definitely a trigger thing for me because of my experiences, but it comes, it's, it's not in the form of, well, I did something and I may have upset you, but you have to focus on my intentions that as a way to get out of jail, but that's not what you're saying here for intention. You're saying I am going to set my intentions and my goals, but I'm also kind of going to be responsible for what comes out of it because it seems like you are also responsible for anything that you've done. I hear you saying that all, I see you saying that. So you're going to be intentional about what you do, but if, if it doesn't work out the way I wanted to, that's okay. I can set another intention and go for it, but be mindful of the impact that you've had. And I really like that. So I'm going to adopt that for me and to take that with me and keep it as my own. So thanks for that. Yeah. And be intentional about the impact that you want to have, right? Oh yeah. That we are all making an impact. And so I think that how we talked about it was that, oh, I didn't intend for it to, for you to feel that way. Right. That wasn't my intention for, to hurt you. And, and, and that's an interesting, I, when I started to look into that deeper, I really thought about uh, how our thoughts and our words and our heart and our intentions and our actions all need to be in alignment to truly get what it is that we, we really be very clear, right? And then we'll get there faster. If it's all in alignment, that it's going towards the same thing. And because you've seen that sometimes someone's heart may not be what their words are, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I've yeah, had definitely. that. Like people will say stuff all the time and it doesn't, but they're, it's, or that they'll say it, but they won't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you can spot the frenemies. You can spot frenemies from a mile away. If you like, they're like, oh, girl, that's a nice shirt. Mm, nice shirt. You know that that's a frenemy. <laughs> Their heart was, <laughs> you know, that those words didn't match up what they were feeling. Yes. You know? So it, it's like that. And it, it's like, um, so when you're out there and you're setting your intentions, it's, it's like, um, you need to be focused, kind of like if you are darting back and forth from screen to screen or, or uh, multitasking, right? You're going to have a more difficult time getting to where you want because you're, you're looking at one screen, you're looking at the next screen, you have to remember what you did on the last screen, you go back to that, and it's just, you just got to get focused and mm-hmm. alignment. 
yes, focused is great. That's a, and focused in your thoughts and that your words match your thoughts and yes. you're setting your intentions and that that's in alignment with your heart. And of course, actions, because actions, we have to have that energy moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then with that said, and is there something that you can share with us for like setting intentions? How do we get ourselves aligned like that? Mm, I love that question. So I think one is being aware of your thoughts. The first thing is knowing what it is that you want and, and need, like want and need that it's both and they're both valuable. Then asking for it and asking clearly for what it is that you want and need. So the first one is knowing. The second one is asking for it. And whether that's in prayer or asking a specific person. And so there's both. And sometimes it's that was a, a challenging step for me, being willing to receive it, which is also sometimes challenging, isn't it? That it's like- Definitely. We can pray for something or we can ask for something, but actually being willing to receive it, it took me a while to, to learn that. And even, and, and sometimes it was painful to learn to receive. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I have a real quick story, but a couple of weeks ago I was competing in the competition and, uh, I wanted people to come, but I didn't want to ask them to come. And someone pointed it out to me. Like, why am I blocking this? I don't know. I just casually mentioned in conversation. He was like, well, where, where is it? What's going on with it? I want to come. Why aren't you talking about that? And then it was this whole kind of breakthrough. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to ask people for anything. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. But I do want to be the person to give it. And I do want to support people when I see them doing things. So, so it would stand to say that. People out there feel just like me. When they see my stuff, they want to support it. So why not put it out there? So that's what I came up with. But it's a process. It is a process. And sometimes it can be painful to have to ask Mm -hmm. for things that we want and need. And it's like even in a relationship of asking, being clear, okay, I want quality time or I want communication and, and having to ask for that and then being willing to receive that honest communication for example mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's so that is so important that you put it in those terms because yes. you definitely have to be ready to but you told me you wanted me to yeah <laughs> you exactly you're like well, what to do what am i gonna do you said you wanted me to do this yes oh. yeah and so then w- receiving it being grateful for it and then giving back. And then it kind of creates that, keeps that cycle flowing. I just received yesterday um, a five minute journal. And in that five minute journal, it is talking about, and and it was amazing how that came to me because it's, it's exactly what I do. You know, list three things that you're grateful for, list three I am statements and three intentions. And you do those things in the morning. And then at night you list, I think it's three things that um, 
that went well, like that you're excited about that you received that day. And then I, I think it's three things that, or I don't know if it's specifically three things, what could have made today better? I really like those because it is creating awareness about you and your surroundings. It's kind of forcing you to, um, not forcing you, but motivating you to recognize things that you may not think about on a day-to-day basis. Like what could have been better about the day or what did I do well in the day? Many of us don't lay our heads down and think about that unless it's some really significant event. But otherwise, you get to know these really small things about yourself that you notice. Like, yeah, you know what? If I had just gotten the cookie cream, cookies and cream ice cream instead of the vanilla, I would have had a better time. Doing this is knowing what you want. And so it's helping you get to that goal. Yeah. So can you say those those five things again for us one more time? One is knowing what it is that you want and need. Two is asking for it clearly. Three, be willing to receive what you ask for. Four, be grateful for it. Five is give back. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And the the journal, the journal that you're talking about, I wonder if you could just give us an example of, and you said there were three things to say in the morning. Can you give us an example of one of each? Yeah. So I am grateful for the opportunity to be on your podcast. Yay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that is my, my, my gratitude. Um, two is I am, I am speaking clearly and confidently. Um, so that's an mm-hmm. I am statement. It's a positive Definitely. I am statement so that when I come on to your podcast that I speak clearly and I'm confident. A An intention is that this podcast reaches millions of people and makes a difference in their lives, that they learn to set intentions for themselves so that they can live a healthier, happier, and more productive life. Wow. Thank you so much for that. That was wonderful. I really like that. Especially the last one about just, it just feels so energetic. Right. And you can see it. Right. And you can, and see, and when, when we set those intentions, it really does make a difference for, for how we live. I mean, live in, and, and it's like, I, I, when we look at what is most important to us, then it makes each day more valuable, more important. We're not just putting out fires or doing what screams the loudest to us. We're mm-hmm. okay. It is important for me to have my mornings. And when I have my mornings and do my morning routine, I am way more productive and patient and loving and caring versus if I'm not fueling myself and feeding myself with that, then I am on edge and I am drained and I don't have as much to give. That's right. I mean, I've heard someone say, I think it was, I don't remember who said it, but if I can't, I can't cook a meal for you if I haven't cooked a meal for myself to nourish myself something along those lines. 
Yes. I think I ruined the quote, but no, you know that's perfect. Yes. That is so perfect. It's whether they say it that way or that, you know, you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on someone else so that you're alive. I mean, it's, we could do another exactly. whole podcast on this because it means so much to me because I would say it as a coach to other people and, and I would tell them to put the the oxygen mask on themselves. I would tell them they've got to fill their own cup first. And, and I was still <laughs> work. I was living, running on fumes. And, and so I have just recently truly filled up and am coming from a space of overflowing um, energy and love and abundance. So it's, it, that would be a whole other show. Yeah, we could have. I could have asked a couple of questions that have taken us right down that road. Yes, more questions. And not, like, <laughs> a couple of questions popped up, but yes, we have been talking for some time, and we should probably wrap it up here. So then, just the, you know, I'm curious, and I'm sure everyone else is curious. So where can they find you? So the best place to find me right now is on Instagram, which is at Karina Coltai. It's K A R I N A. K-O-L-T-A-I. And you can find me the same on Facebook as well. Um, I share information. I've got my books on there as well as shirts, intention shirts, intention stickers, and my intention book. Gotcha. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, this intention book, you referenced it a couple times. Uh, Can you tell us a little about what it is? Yes, it is a book that with intentions. And so it's teaching people to set their intentions. Today, I plant the seed of positive growth. I am loved. I speak my truth clearly and confidently. I know that I am responsible for my own happiness. I forgive others. I forgive myself. And so it is a launching pad and it's got instructions on how to set intentions that you do it um, 10 times. You say it 10 times, three times a day so that you can program. It's reprogramming your mind. And, And so you pick one intention each day and you can either flip through and just pick a random one or pick one that you feel that you need that day. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's really a very simple, um, it's like a six by six, beautiful black and white book. And um, to be clear and yes, and easy and is a great gift. It's a great coffee table book um, or something that you can carry everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us and your intention and letting me talk about everything, all the thoughts that I had running through my head, even though they were, yeah, about religion and uh, my own issues with that and intention and impact and everything. So I, I've got a lot, I learned a lot from this and I'm actually absolutely grateful to have had this experience with you. So thank you again. We're definitely going to do this again. Exactly. We've got to do it. We've got so many more conversations. We can talk about, you know, (laughs) and words and how words trigger. And so we have lots of more conversations. (laughs) Yes, we do. do. All right. Then I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Briefly in this episode, Karina and I talked about 
toxic positivity. So I, it stuck with me so much that I thought I would create another episode based on toxic positivity. I was going to do something like that maybe down the road, but it's going to come out this Friday. It just kind of goes hand in hand with this episode today. So this is the very first time I'm able to forecast the episode that I'm going to share with you on Friday because I normally create them like a day before or the day of. I'm working towards getting out of that habit. So I hope to bring more stability and create a new pattern for myself. My name's Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. If you like what you're hearing, like, subscribe, and share. Follow me on Instagram at Patterns of Possibility. I go live Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and you can find me at Patterns of Possibility on YouTube, LinkedIn, and other social medias. All right, until next time, take care.